0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Now, Fight Back with Libby Snymer on Zoomer Radio.
1: Good afternoon and welcome. The Saudi teen whose flight from her allegedly abusive family captured global attention faced the cameras this morning. Here in Toronto. She said she intends to fight for the freedom of women around the world. Now, after her dramatic, viral plea for asylum on social media and Canada's quick acceptance, she announced that she was renouncing Islam. She switched her hijab for a ball cap and a hoodie. She posted pictures of herself drinking wine, strictly forbidden in Islam, and announced her desire to become an engineer. Well, Rahaf now has round-the-clock security because there have been numerous death threats against her. Her family disowned her, and she has actually dropped her last name, al Kanoun and is now going simply by Rahaf Mohammed. It seems like everybody is talking about this case. She knows she's very lucky, And frankly, there is no question that she got special treatment. So we'll delve into the why, both in the light of her own situation, her peril... And the politics of this. Want to hear from you. The numbers to call: 416-360-0740, toll free, one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. First, we're going to get some opinions from Gideon Mammon, an immigration lawyer, and Reverend Majid El Shafi, the founder of One Free World International. And uh, Reverend El Shafi, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you had to flee your home country of Egypt after renouncing Islam.
2: Yes, and pleasure being here with you. Thank you for having me.
1: So um, what is your take on Rahav's case and, and um, what do you make of the really, really quick way that, that she was accepted into Canada as a refugee?
2: Well, there is, first of all, we was involved with the case once uh, it was published in the BBC. So we had communication with our Canadian ambassador in Thailand. We communicated with the Minister of Foreign Affairs personally and her team. And our organization was one of the organizations that basically put some pressure for the Canadian government in an order to move faster than usual. Uh, there is a different element in the case. We have to remember that it wasn't that long time ago, it was two years ago, there was another Saudi woman uh, escaped the Philippines uh, with the same circumstances, and uh, she was given back against Saudi Arabia, and now she disappeared, assuming that she is uh, being killed uh, or uh, being imprisoned for life in her family home. Of course, with uh, the, the Saudi journalist, Saudi Arabia been uh, under uh, the green uh, the, the the spotlight, not the green light, mm-hmm. the spotlight, and uh, now everybody's speaking about the uh, violation of human rights in Saudi Arabia. This is something been happening for decades, for centuries in Saudi Arabia,
1: thousands uh, of years for thousands what?
2: of years again, yeah. from the beginning of of, of their state really, even even before that. So I'm glad that she's in Canada safe even sound. But also is another uh, proof that if the Canadian government want to move fast and want to help people, they can do it as soon as possible. So I hope that there will be fairness in the treatment and we can deal more. We can treat more refugees with the same way.
1: I'd like to bring in Giddy Mammon. Um, have you ever seen such a quick resolution? And uh, do you think it's because of uh, the urgency of the case or uh, did perhaps the publicity value of it play in here?
3: Well, there's no question that the uh, publicity through social media was the decisive factor in her success. Uh, there's been lots and lots of people who have, uh, been, s- have been stranded in airports or who've been in very difficult situations, and Canada did not uh, bring them here. Um, keep in mind that right now we have officers around the globe, immigration officers uh, around the globe, who are... Uh, involved in interdiction, which is to prevent people from coming to Canada precisely for this reason, that is, to prevent them from making refugee claims in Canada. So it's very interesting to see that in this particular situation, uh, not only was she, um, you know, uh, 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 allowed to come to Canada, but it seems that she's being allowed to stay here permanently, which is really kind of interesting.
1: Um, Majid, can you tell us how you got involved with the case?
2: Well, basically, once we start to know about the standoff in Thailand, uh, we was worried and scared that the same thing will happen to here uh, that happened two years ago with a similar case in Philippine. So uh, we immediately communicated with our Canadian ambassador to Thailand. We communicated with the foreign affairs, and we get an email from the minister of foreign affairs personally uh, uh, re- basically, uh, telling us that we uh, that we we, t- we take the case or we took the information that we sent her to her team and we communicated with her team. And of course, we we ask from all our members of One Free World International to take an action. And uh, and the foreign affairs and the Canadians was really flooded with uh, the Canadian foreign affairs ministry was flooded with emails from our members and different Canadians. And I'm not sure that it's only us. I'm sure that many other organizations did the same. Um, with the relationship with Saudi Arabia and Canada recently, and uh, the, the, the how become much, much worse in the recent few months, I think it really uh, uh, made Canada to move faster as well. This was another element that we believe. But also I hope that this is, was just not a photo opportunity for the foreign affairs minister. Uh, she was there in the airport. It was very kind of her. But also I felt that they are want to make a political statement. And I'm not very keen in helping refugees to make a political statement. If you want to help them, you help them just because they need to help them, because they their life at risk. Uh, not because you want to look good in a food opportunity.
1: Uh, Giddy. Do you think that, um, in, in a genuine way, this is you know, basically a feminist issue, that, it, it, that this particular case moved Christian Freeland? Or, again, do you see more to it than that? Because, as uh, uh, Majid has pointed out, this is something that happens to many, many, many women.
3: Um, that's right. It's, it's, uh, it's hard to separate her story from others. Um, The question is, you know, is this just a photo opportunity? Is this about the election that's coming up in October? Um, What have we done to advance the cause of women's rights in Saudi Arabia through this action? Uh, You know, um, I, for example, have uh, four daughters. If I were to uh, buy something for one of my daughters, I can expect for sure the other three will be very quickly asking me for the exact same treatment. And the question is, in this situation, Canada has now accepted the idea that a young woman uh, who is uh, not allowed to enjoy her life fully in Saudi Arabia um, is entitled to Canada's protection. So in the in the next round, and there will be, there will be someone else either from Saudi Arabia or maybe even a more, um, a more troublesome country, is going to surface. And the question will be, what will we say to that? Uh, young woman because you you know if you gave if you acknowledge that this one deserves protection and another one that is even perhaps more deserving uh, what are you going to do in that situation and then you have the floodgates argument uh, how many is Canada willing to um, accept in this way keep in mind that we have an immigration refugee board uh, in Canada that decides who is and who is not a refugee uh, and in this case, uh, uh, she was able to, uh, you know, uh, with the government's help, of course, to circumvent that whole process. So uh, the veracity of her claim, uh, although I have no reason to doubt it, has never been tested. So this is a question of, is this going to be just a one-off, uh, or is this going to be the way we're going to be doing business in the future? And uh, if so, uh, has the government considered the, uh, the implications uh, of that? Um, I am a little bit troubled. I think I, I share uh, Majid's uh, concern about, you know, uh, photo opportunities, etc. Uh, this woman now uh, has, um, you know, turned her back on Islam. Uh, you know, she, was, as you said, she is uh, now drinking wine, etc. Um, I'm not sure that if it was me that I would have publicized all of these things and made her so um, prominent. In the media. I understand that she had agreed to a few um, uh, media interviews uh, because of the warm reception that she received, but um, that is endangering her, in, in my opinion. I, I as, a, as a person who's been dealing with refugees for many, many years, I, I, I think I would have been very careful with that.
1: Well, uh, it's also. Uh we, or at least costi, uh, uh the refugee agency that's taking care of her, is incurring costs for her security. But let's not forget that she got out of her predicament by making herself very visible on social media.
0: Absolutely.
1: Yeah. So, that, that so every. Everybody, that was
3: the key to her success in this yeah, situation. Correct. So
1: everybody already knows who she is and where she's going, uh, and yes, that is a factor. Uh, you know, our, our our phone lines are lighting up, uh, people. I am going to get to the calls uh, very shortly. But I I just want to uh, talk about this concept, and I hate the name of this, honor killings, and this is uh, um, an ancient practice, it predates Islam, of, uh, you know, based on women's purity, where they are killed uh, if they you know, dishonor, quote, the families. uh, And that can be they want to marry the wrong person. They don't want to wear modest dress. uh, It can be any number of things. And it's very hard to get a fix on how many victims of this there are. In 2000, the United Nations said 5,000 a year. And, uh, Majid, that is woefully underreporting it.
2: Uh, uh, Absolutely. I'm actually shocked that the UN will estimate it by only 5,000 a year. This is absolutely a uh, wrong number. Uh, the different, the, the uh, First of all, let, let me just make it clear to the people who listening to us, there is not, nothing honorable about honorable honor killing.
1: Exactly, it's a very dishonorable thing. Uh,
2: yes, exactly, so it's uh, it is it's absolutely stupid practice, Is a criminal practice, Is an unhumane practice, and I hope that people that practicing that uh you know I'm a Christian reverence so I shouldn't say it but I hope they burn in hell. So anyway uh, the the truth and the reality that many in the cases, especially in the Middle East, especially in Africa, Pakistan, Afghanistan um, Iran, many of the Muslim countries they will practice this and you will not they will not report it to the police. In country like Pakistan if you commit this crime actually the people will come and give you gifts. Uh, in a country like Egypt, where, is, where I came from, you know, you can bury them without even a police report, without the police interfering when they know the reason is what they call the honorable killing. So definitely the UN, this is not the right number. Our estimation in our organization, uh, uh, under our basically debate and eyewitnesses, is way exceeded. Uh, the the 20, uh, 25,000 cases a year, so I'm actually shocked and disappointed that the UN will put it in very very low number.
1: That was in in the year two thousand, but yeah, that's that's the I mean you know m- unless I missed it, that's the only uh, number that I could find, mm. and this this is a real. Thing and uh, Rahaf herself was talking about the, how she is lucky, and other women are sent back to their families and then they they disappear and we can imagine, uh, as you said, Majid. Now I I do want to get to our phones, but uh, just one more thing, Majid. And you said you 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 uh, give pause to the politics of all of this. Does it surprise you that this one was so quick and say you were involved with rescuing Yazidi girls? who were taken as sex slaves for ISIS, that it took our government so long to accept those women.
2: And not only that, they didn't even finish the CODA yet. So they didn't even, you know, refuse the, to, 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 to complete the job. Uh, is it, definitely surprising. Obviously, we are dealing with a government that they like to do a lot of what will make them popular, not necessarily what will make them right uh and i don't want to criticize uh per se because i i salute their decision of of bringing here to canada to canada definitely i'm i'm very happy for here and i'm very happy for this outcome but i really will have a great doubt that this is something that will be repeated often and uh, as long as uh, uh, unless something will bring great food opportunities to our government so that's that's the fear that i have
1: okay i I want to get to the phones before I go to the phones, uh giddy. I just want to say what do you say to people who are saying we shouldn't let we shouldn't let uh, a woman like that in here what What would you say to that person?
3: Well, I think that she definitely deserve deserves protection. I might have done it a little differently. I might have uh, given her for example, a temporary resident permit, and then once she comes here, she would have to prove her claim and she would go through all the normal uh screenings that we we normally do. But I think if Canada is really serious about human rights and human rights for women and other marginalized groups, then I think that they have to do that through our diplomatic channels and using our economic power. And that is to join the international community and force countries, uh, through all kinds of means, to, uh, to behave. Because I'm very happy for her, and I, and I express the same sentiments as Medina, I'm very happy that she's here. But that hasn't uh, solved uh, the problem for, you know, everybody else. And, and we need to come up with a, a more effective strategy. Uh, I, I think that uh, Justin Trudeau in this particular situation will be a big winner. But I don't think that the, the rest of the women in Saudi Arabia are necessarily going to benefit from this.
1: Okay, let's get right to the phones. We've got Tony in Niagara. Hi, Tony.
4: Hi, how are you?
1: Fine, how are you?
4: Good, thank you. Okay, I'm really happy that that woman there had a lot of guts to do what she did. I mean... Very resourceful,
1: amazing for an 18-year-old. Wow,
4: she should go into a baseball league or something. Very, (laughs) just fantastic. I'm really happy for her. And I just want to say one thing. Uh, Yeah, especially uh, denouncing Islam, that's like a death uh, warrant on her. uh, So I hope uh, we're really going to take care of this girl. And I just hope uh, we, you know, like we can do this again. The only thing I didn't like about this, see, I'm not a dumb bunny. Uh, when that Freeland woman came out with her, uh, she was overseas on her holiday, and Mister Trudeau got her back for that. I know that as a fact because I spoke to Erin O'Toole's office. I know somebody there. And I really didn't like that because it was like too much advertisement for Trudeau being Mr. Nice Guy because she was really going to be going to Australia first. And all of a sudden, bingo, she's in Canada. So I didn't like people yeah. seeing her, like her face, and everything because she is going to get a lot of static from those bad people.
1: Yeah, but I as I said, uh everybody's already seen her face because yeah. uh, she she was saved because of social media. But yeah, a lot of people are uh not happy about the political aspects of it and yeah. and we haven't even delved into how this is going cuz uh, the Trudeau government is going to have a a problem with the whole issue of of the yeah. migrants yeah. and how is this going to play into that? But I I agree they look really good on this one.
5: Let's they go did, to but
1: they Thanks. Did, yeah. Let's go to Ann in Mississauga. Are you there, Ann? Yes, I am. Hi, Hi, how are you? Good.
5: Yourself? Fine. Good. Uh, no, I'm, I'm not for this. I mean, the girl looks very, very confident, like she was not abused at all. Now, that doesn't mean, you know, but uh, I think this is for Trudeau, for him. He likes to be in the limelight, and we've got to find another way to help these people, because this is going to endanger our own country.
1: How is she going to endanger our own country? Not her,
5: but letting in more and more people like this. First of all, what about the people that are here, women that are abused here and don't even get the help that she's going to be getting?
1: Uh, you, know? you, you 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 have a, an interesting point, but we do have uh, we do have systems in place no, no, to I, help I, I women. They don't always work, unfortunately. You're right. We have our own problems. Yeah, I know. No, we can't do this because everybody's going to be wanting to come
5: here. We got to find other ways to do it. And then we're called racist when we see women with their faces covered. And I don't appreciate that because I've had conversations with these people. Trudeau doesn't seem to realize that these women and. Their country if they don't cover their faces they get beheaded
1: well I don't know if they get beheaded but oh, it's they a problem. I've had
5: people talk to me I said you know and Christiana Montpour was a great enlightener 20 years ago about all this she even went in that country she, she toured we toured and everything so uh, no oh. this is very very serious and you start doing this with one person then it's going to be more and more and more
1: okay and thanks for that uh, Anne seems to be saying like two uh, rather contradictory things on the one hand, she seems to be congratulating this young woman uh who clearly uh, accepts western values and and then uh saying well these you know w- women are forced to in those countries but but not our problem okay let's uh let's take a couple more calls before we go back to our guests and and get some uh some comments from then uh so let's go to John in Brampton. Hi, John.
0: Hi, Libby. Thanks for taking my call.
1: You're very welcome. Um,
0: with regard to this young lady, uh, does anybody out there has anybody out there ever had teenage daughters?
4: Um, they tend to be a little bit rebellious. I, I you know, believing what she said is is uh, taking it all at face value. Um, to God, it doesn't make sense. This poor deprived child could uh, hop on a plane and dr- go anywhere in the world, uh, purchase anything she wanted. I don't think life was quite that tough. I don't know whether you know wh- whether or not um, you know some of the uh, consequences are valid. Uh, but Saudi Arabia has been around for a long time, and I can't see them being the cold-blooded murderers with their own citizens that. We seem to be making them just, out. To just be.
1: a minute, John. You you doubt that honor killing of women who don't listen uh, happens in Saudi Arabia? I mean, she was going to be you know forced forced into a, an arranged marriage she didn't want, uh, and uh, she charges that she was beaten by her mother and her brother uh, to try to keep her in line, because you're right, um, I'm sure that plays into it that she's a teenage girl, but but those things happen uh, to thousands and thousands of women. Uh, let's go to Keith in Stouffville. Hi, Keith.
0: Oh, hi, Libby. I'd just like to make a comment, you know, th- th- about her being uh, barricaded in a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they keep saying that. Now, like, if somebody wanted to get at her, her locking the door and barricading it would not stop anybody from getting in there. They wanted to get in there, so I quit. I hope people will stop saying that because I don't know how she did that or who was after her. Somebody was knocking at the door or whatever. It just seems silly. Okay, thanks, Libby.
1: Okay, uh, Majid, uh, I will get to more calls, but but people seem to doubt this story and they say it's. What, what do you say to those people?
2: Well, uh, with, a, with a young lady that contacted uh, with regard to letting these people in Canada, uh, we have to understand that uh, Canada is a country and that we always were there for this troubled people. And all Canadians, we are all immigration, you know, nation, basically. And we, she's right about something, that we have to be careful we have to have a balance between our conscience and helping and also maintain our uh, country strong. Uh, I believe that's why One Free World International always called for focusing on the vulnerable minorities, the minorities that they don't have anybody to protect them, women, children, LGBT community, minority, religious minorities. And I think this the people that deserve to come to Canada and are accepting our values as well. Uh, the, with John, who de- debated, I think it's his name or John, that he debated if Saudi Arabia killing his own citizen. I think you need to watch more news uh, and you need to educate yourself because they do kill their own citizens every day, uh, include even if it's outside the country. Uh, and big story, of course, the Khashoggi, they cut in pieces. So uh, obviously he's not well aware of the situation. Uh, that even the people that are doubting the story itself that she brigaded the, the room, she wasn't in Saudi Arabia, she was in Thailand. So, yes, the police did well, try to get in the room, and she did block the room, and that's the time that she used the social media. And it didn't take long time to be very popular very quickly, and there was a lot of pressure. On Thailand immediately and the immigration minister there interfered. So I do believe her story and there is many evidence and many witnesses that they saw this is happening. There is no reason to doubt her. There is no reason to lower, to downplay her pain or the danger that she will face if she gets deported to Saudi Arabia. There is no reason for that. We are happy for her and I believe that now we have a great opportunity to end with another Malala, or another Nadia Murad, another woman activist, that if I am in her place, I will focus more and bring more rights to more females around
0: the world.
1: Okay, uh, let's hear from uh, Michael in Pickering. Michael, you say this isn't our problem.
0: Well, it's good old Canada. eh? Um, um, Come on over here. Uh, uh, Someone mentioned earlier on it was going to be Canada or Australia. Uh, the, The Australians are bad. They won't let them in. And um, uh, that's her, that's her problem and her family's problem. And here's my question. One of your callers, she wants to be an engineer. That's expensive. I went to university, and you did probably. I know how much it cost me. It took a long time for me to pay the grant off. Where's she going to live? Who's going to pay for her accommodation? Like, what is, what is this, like a freebie? Uh, I don't like it. I really don't like it. And that problem, the problem over there in their country, is not our problem. And I do agree with one of your callers about Trudeau. Yeah, uh, it's political. And when I emigrated to Canada in nineteen seventy, nobody met me at the airport, and it took me almost one year to get cleared by Interpol and everything else. I had a beautiful job at Don Mills in the Don Mills Plaza. I was sponsored. And it still took me a year. She walks off the plane looking like,
1: hey, this is beautiful. Was anybody after you? <laughs> uh, that's the difference there, Michael. Thanks for your call. A um, lot of skepticism out there, but also a lot of people very happy uh, that that she is here. And I, to me, I think it's because clearly, again, she she's demonstrating that she likes our Canadian Western values. Uh, Giddy Mammon, uh, in terms of uh, where does this play in, you think, into uh, the way the government is going to try to portray their immigration and refugee problems, which uh, are troublesome?
3: Well, they're going to have to make a decision very quickly because uh, the next, uh, you know, the next Rahaf is uh, just around the corner and they're going to have to come up with a, a, a policy. What, what they did here was not a policy. It was just a sympathetic act. It made me feel good. It made you feel good. It made uh, a lot of us feel good. But that's not a policy. And we have to now figure out whether or not uh, we are going to do the same thing next time. And if not, why not? And if so, uh, to what extent? I, I, I think if Rahaf's situation is used by canada to now formulate a foreign policy where we put the screws to violators of human rights as we should then that's terrific but if it's just to snap of a picture with her when she arrives make us feel good for a few days and let the other women and the other persecuted around the world continue to suffer in silence uh then uh, un- unfortunately Uh, I'm not going to be a big fan of of what's just happened.
1: But isn't, um, you know, uh, women being forced into marriages and all of that, isn't that already a criteria for refugee status?
3: Of course it is. But if you had a woman in Saudi Arabia or elsewhere, I mean, take a look at Afghanistan, take a look at uh, Pakistan, take a look at other countries. There are hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of women in this situation. Uh, I don't believe that Canada is in a position to accept millions of people. Uh, We were, you know, as Majid was talking about the Yazidis, look how long it's taking to bring the Yazidis here, and there is uh, overwhelming evidence of how they were uh, sexually assaulted, abused, killed, murdered, chased, Um, and we're still taking our sweet time bringing them here. So uh, what's happening here is we do not have a consistent, principled, humanitarian, balanced, and fiscally responsible answer to these things. And that's what we need. We don't need photo opportunities. As I said, I'm I'm thrilled that Rahaf is safe. Um, I don't want to see 18-year-old girls uh, have to marry anyone that they don't love and to be denied an education and other things that they uh, believe that they have the right to do as uh, fundamental human rights, as we recognize them in the West. Uh, but this has to be bigger than Rahaf. Uh, you know, folks like me and Najid have been dealing with people in tremendous pain uh, for many years, and they have suffered in silence. And I think it's time now that the the, the Trudeau government, if he's so interested in human rights and refugee protection, Let it not just be about the Syrian refugees, let it not just be about Rahaf, let's let's talk about uh, a more more principled uh, and effective uh, way of helping more and more people, uh, not necessarily incurring these costs on a one-off situation.
1: Okay, and uh, Majid, what would you like to leave us with on this? I would like
2: to leave everybody to say that Canada is an amazing country, it's a very beautiful country and uh, uh, we can see that our canadian government if they want to move swiftly and and fast uh, uh, they can do it they have the tools to do it they have the 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 resources to do it so i am hoping uh, first of all to raha herself uh, i'm hoping all the best for her i hope that she will recover she will build her future, and we can see an amazing woman rights activist uh, in Canada. And I trust that this is, will be the case. I hope that the Canadian government, as this uh, uh, the lawyer that with me, and I thank him. I will echo what he's saying. That I hope that the Canadian government will have a policy to protect the vulnerable minorities and to be able to move faster. And my message to the Canadian government: If this is foot opportunity, just because the next election or politically motivated because your relationship with Saudi Arabia, shame on you. Uh, if this is really something that you did, because you want to help this young girl, and you, are, and you have a system that you're ready to put in place to help more and more girls used to be in her place and more and more vulnerable minorities, uh, uh, this will be the way to go, and we will be very proud as a Canadians. And for the Canadians that are listening to us, I know it's not only up to the Canadian government to help the newcomers, it takes a village. When I, when we brought many of the Syrian refugees and many of the Yazidi refugees here to Canada, I saw how the Canadian, as a community, as a country, came around them, held them to rise up. So it's not only about the Canadian government, it's also about us. We can do it. And we are very proud of being
1: Canadians. Okay. Thank you so much, Uh, people. If I couldn't get to your call, Free For All Friday is coming up. And who knows, we may even be talking about this before then. In the meantime, thank you so much to immigration lawyer Giddy Mammon and to Reverend Majid El Shafi, the founder of One Free World International. Thank you, guys.
0: Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one.